Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and I am continuing with the things the Lord has laid on my heart to share in this video entitled, The Language of Deception. And so, we were looking at Matthew 24, and we were talking about how deception will be the hallmark of the final times. The Lord was not warning about the false Christ that will come, nor was he talking about the tsunamis or even the wars that will come upon the nations in the final time. He was saying that the greatest sickness that will afflict the people of the earth, saved and unsaved, will be the rise of deception. So deception is when you do not have knowledge according to the truth. You may have some form of knowledge. For instance, you may believe that angels are constantly supposed to be interacting with people. I've been meaning to share this from my heart for a while, and I just want to let you know that if you feel that you are in contact with beings that have come to you and told you that they are angels and you are talking to them and you are feeling their emotions and they're telling you this and that, I want to let you know that you are basically interacting with some form of a demonic being. Doesn't matter how long you say you've been in church, doesn't matter how deep you believe your discernment is, Anyone who adheres to the scripture will be saved, but anyone who wants to, I am telling you that the path to salvation, and when I'm talking about salvation, I just basically mean getting to the finish line and entering into the eternal kingdom of God, entering into that beautiful place that we know as heaven, the place where our, our father is seated in majesty and indescribable glory. If you know how narrow the path to get there is, if you actually even sit and think about it for a minute, you will realize why Jesus warned about deception. The path is narrow, the Bible says, and few find it. And why do few find it? Not only is a narrow thing hard to find, and not only is a narrow thing hard to walk on, but that means that if you put your foot even a little off the path, you're walking in deception. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 that if we are walking in the darkness, Jesus Christ is in the light. So if we are in the darkness and Christ is in the light, that means we have no fellowship with him. It means that we can believe that we're walking in the truth, but Jesus is way over here and you're way over here and there's no connecting path. Jesus is not going to come and join you in deception. I've said that many times. The only choice is for you to leave your deceived path and come and walk with him in the light. So just, I didn't even write much out, but these thoughts, I keep them so that I can share them with people. Angels only obey the commands of God. So this is all through scripture. You never see the righteous angels showing up because they feel like it. They never, angels will never interact with a human being outside of the express directive of the Lord. So you see an angel talking to Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, I am angel who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to come and tell you of the child, but because you don't believe, now your mouth will be shut. Mary's in her room, sleeping and minding her business. She's woken up by the angel who says, oh, blessed are you among women, because God is going to put the, the, over, the, the highest is going to overshadow you, and he will put a child in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will call his name Jesus. So what are we picking up as I'm saying? Angels are not random dudes that come to start sharing their feelings and emotions with you. You're interacting with demonic beings and presences that are 
posing as angels of light, as the scripture says. You think God created these powerful messengers that the Bible says, oh, bless the Lord. I think it's in Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, you know, you, his angels who excel in strength, you, his angels who are ministers of fire. Do you think that these beings exist to be showing up in your room and having a chat with you and sharing their feelings with you. I can feel their feelings. I can feel their thought. You need to be more serious. You need to be more mature because we are in the time when the narrow path is probably going to get even more narrow. And all this part, if this is this, if this is the narrow path right here, let me put it where people can see it. All this side belongs to Satan. So this is the narrow path and the entire sidewalk is Satan's. The angels of God will never come to a human being to interact with that human being for any reason outside the express command of God. This is why whenever you see an angel show up in the Bible, the first thing that angel does is begin explaining who has sent him. Blessed are you, O Daniel, beloved of God. From the moment you set yourself to pray, your prayers were heard in heaven, and now I have been sent to tell you what things would come. I would have come earlier, but the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece delayed me these 21 days. Angels will never show up without a mission. Angels will never show up. They're just like good cops. Good police officers always show up and they make sure that their badge is visible. And if you say, what's your name, sir? When you're getting upset, he will say, I'm officer Hansen. Angels will always identify who sent them. They will identify where they've come from and they will identify the purpose for which they have been sent. So if anyone is interacting with beings and spirits that are saying, I'm, I'm an angel and I'm just here and I'm here to protect you, you're interacting with demonic spirits. Another thing that angels will not do is initiate contact with people. That falls under everything that I've said previously. Angels will only come when sent. That is why they are known as the sent ministers of God. They are sent, they watch over us, they watch over our affairs, and they greatly monitor and watch over the affairs of the earth because they are, in a way, God's policemen. We spoke about it in, I think, a recent video when I was sharing about how the good angels, see, look at this. This proves my, thank you, Lord. The good angels are watching the earth because that's their job. So even those who are not watchers, like Michael, Uriel, Gabriel, as we shared in the book of Enoch chapter nine in the, in the recent video, they're watching the earth and they can hear the cries of men that have now basically turned to the screams of men because of what the lawless ones are doing on the earth. Not a single one of them went down there. Not a single one of them said, I'm, I've got to put a stop to this. I'm going to go and appear to a human being and tell that human, blessed are you because I'm here to put a stop to what the lawless ones are doing. They do not move a muscle. Instead, they go to God. And after venerating God and praising God, they then say, we know that your, your sight is flawless and we know that you see all things. And they're basically respectfully saying, we absolutely know that you know what is going on the earth. We know that not only do you hear the cries of men as we do, but because you are the creator of men, you can feel the pain of each person who is being crunched by a giant as they die. You actually carry the pain of everyone that the lawless ones have hurt and maimed and robbed and treated poorly. 
But then they say, you have not said to us what we are to do. And so if you are someone who truly wants to walk in truth, you cannot receive truth until you humble yourself and accept that you are living in, walking in, embracing or keeping precious a lie in your heart. I heard a pastor once a long time ago and what he said always stuck with me. He said, it is absolutely impossible to know that you are deceived. So true. The only way that you can know that you are deceived, he said, is through an act of faith. And I found that such an excellent teaching. He shared how in his life, he had started to get away from the narrowness of scripture. Scripture is very narrow. There's not there's no wiggle room. It, it is what it is. And you either want it and you love it and you want to walk in it, or you constantly want to say, I don't know, the Bible's been tampered with. Your economics books and medical books out there in the world change from year to year to reflect supposed new understandings and new belief. So when I was a kid, coffee was very bad for you. And there was a song about how John Brown's mother said that coffee isn't good. But now people are telling you in the scientific articles and journals that coffee will perk you right up. So at least three cups a day, because it's good for you. What people believe changes, but this word never changes. And so this man said that he was getting away from the narrowness of scripture and a trusted friend of his, the man that actually was with him when they came into Christianity together. This man came to him one day and said to him, you're falling away from the way. You're starting to manifest symptoms of pride. You're not yourself. And I perceive that the enemy is sifting you and you don't know. And he said he was, he was offended because of course, when you hear something that's contrary to your treasured beliefs, your perspective, your paradigm, your mindset, of course you'll be offended. But his friend said to him, no, I really need you to put your porcupine quills down and I need you to hear me. I'm not here to Lord over you, but I am warning you that I can see the signs of destruction in you. You are deceived and you are starting to teach that deception to the people. And so this man, he heard what his friend said and they didn't part on good terms. And he said he went away and he was thinking about it. And he was asking the Lord, I love you, Lord. And I'm the one who's pastoring this church. He's just my deputy. He's my assistant. And, and I, I think that he's overstepping. I, I think that he's actually being disrespectful. And I think he's being insubordinate. And that is always what the flesh will do. The flesh will always try to defend the lie because the flesh is comfortable in that lie. See, if you believe that angels are coming to you and speaking to you personally, then whether you want to admit it or not, that makes you kind of special, right? You're special because the angel is talking to you and the angel is sharing things with you. And there's only one problem with that is that an angel won't utter a peep unless he's sent. And he won't just be uttering any kind of peep. He will come and he will tell you, I've come to tell you this. And the minute he completes that, he's going to go because here's another thing that I got from the Lord. The angels of God are not ostentatious. In fact, as much as possible, unless they are coming to blaze forth the glory of God. Like when Jesus was born, those guys were not appearing as men. They were up there blazing as who they are. And the shepherds watching their flocks by night were stunned to see this radical display of what? spiritual majesty. Here's a clue for you to keep for the rest of your life as we go into these end times. When it's huge and it's popping and it's green and yellow and gold, most of the time it's not God. Most of the time.
God can reveal his glory and God can do great wonders, but God will only reveal those things for the purpose of drawing many hearts to faith, many hearts to Christ. But when it's all glitzy and it's this and that, I can guarantee you that there's only one peacock in this earth and his name is Lucifer, Satan, the fallen, the father of all the fallen, the deceiver. And so to, back, to go back to this pastor, he was upset in the presence of God and God told him, there's no way for you to know that you are deceived. And he said, what? And the Lord told him, yes. And he said, but Lord, if I'm deceived, you can tell him. And the Lord said, no. The only way to know that you are deceived is to take a step of faith. And he said, well, Lord, what is that step of faith? And the Lord said, you're going to have to trust that your friend loves you enough to tell you the truth. You're going to have to trust that your friend is not going after the senior pastor position by talking to you and trying to accuse you so that he can take your church or take your job. I'm not going to tell you if you're deceived. You are going to have to take a step of faith that someone has spoken to you in love about ugly things that are growing in your heart. And when you take that step of faith and you believe what this person has told you, the only next step is that you will repent and then you will find out if you were deceived. And so this man listened to the Lord. He took his friend's advice. He went back to study the scriptures that the friend said he was twisting. And then he knelt and repented. And he said the moment that he engaged the spiritual purity that is repentance, he started to weep. The Lord took the scales from his eyes and he saw how ugly he had been. He saw the truth that his friend had told him that in several staff meetings, as people were sharing their opinions and sharing what they felt God was laying on their heart for the church, he was shutting them off and telling them that's archaic and that's not going to work. We're a modern church. We need to do this and need to do that. And he saw the ugliness of his character and he saw the overflow and the upswelling of human pride, flesh. And he was broken before the Lord. And he cried out from his own mouth, Oh, Lord, I am deceived. And the Lord went, Well, you can never come out of deception thinking that you are not deceived because you are probably so deceived, exactly as it says in the book of Matthew, that if the light is in the house, then the house is light. But if the darkness in that house is perceived as light, how deep is that darkness? Angels aren't coming to anybody to have any buddy-buddy relationship. They're not whispering special truths to you so that you can be God's special child. These are the things that leave people to lead people to follow creepy crawlies in the end. And this is why God says that they will be destroyed. Their dreams on the master's voice. I have even said it. Their dreams on the master's voice where you can expect in these end times by the working of spiritual wickedness, those that you have loved, those that sleep now in death, may their souls rest in peace. They're going to be either energized back to life by the working of the fallen, or the fallen will come to you appearing as mom that you lost five years ago, appearing as your husband who passed away tragically, maybe recently because of what's going on in the world today. And what's going to happen is that if that unhealed wound, if that grief, for grief is a very powerful human emotion, if that grief, if that unhealed wound has not been healed, you are going to be so happy to see the manifestation of your father, the manifestation of that child that you lost so long ago, 
that you are going to embrace that unclean, undead thing without thinking about what the Bible says. Because you see, human emotion usually sweeps away what the scripture says. When we are in the grip of emotion or when we are in the grip of pride or when we are in the grip of what we want, we step off the narrow path. We just skip right off it without thinking. So if you are confronted with the love of your life in the end times, him knocking on the door and standing there, and you forget that the Bible says that it is appointed for man to die once. And after that judgment, which means that all those who have preceded us in death are waiting to be raised to life. And you see this manifestation of what you love standing before you, and you do not break out into your hottest prayers of spiritual warfare and rebuke because you know that Ben was buried. You stood there and you buried him. And now here he stands, handsomer than ever before. And you get swept away in a moment. It will only take a moment for that fallen manifestation of satanic power to slice you. Or even worse, you bring it into the house and now the minute you close the door and invite it to the table and it's sitting there with you and your kids and you're all like, how is this? How have you come back to us? Do not play those games. There is a reason that these things are in the movies. There is a reason that they're put before our eyes all the time. What you look at, you will manifest. So if you think that you are in a close spiritual relationship with anything, not an angel, a spirit guide, a whispering voice, you're familiar. I see so many things and I come across so many things in the course of a week that really may the Lord give me grace. There is only one time in a dream that the Lord was showing me the evil of the fallen how they sit. I've shared about how they sit on that marble floor, an impossibly thick marble floor between the realm of the Father and our realm. And when we pray, our prayers are bouncing against that floor. The opposition, when the Bible is talking about spiritual wickedness in the high places and people just think, oh, it must be demons. Demons are so far down the totem of what it is that we battle against this is why God said, I couldn't risk it to give you guys a physical sword and a physical shield because these are carnal weapons. Getting upset when something goes wrong is a carnal weapon. What can your anger fix? The, the wrath of man can never work out the righteousness of God. This is what the Bible says. The Lord says that I've given you powerful weapons that are mighty through God to pull down the strongholds. That's one of the strongholds. And I saw that one of the things that they were discussing is me. She is an impediment. She is a problem. And I looked at the Lord as if to say, Lord, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? And I was shocked and I was touched and I was upset. And the Lord looked at me. He didn't say anything, but out of his heart came this, came this, Warning, 
that I will share to anyone who finds this video and likes to think that having a spirit guide makes you a little bit higher or having that little voice that is always telling you this and telling you secrets. If you don't know that Satan likes to whisper, if you do not know that he is a whisperer and that's why he's the father of gossip, malice, and lies. If you do not know that that entity likes to whisper, the Lord said to me, celestial, never address an angel until the angel addresses you. Does that sound like the warning of a person who is sending forth righteous beings to just show up at your house and talk to you, talk to you, talk to you? I have never forgotten that warning. Just one firm warning, never address an angel if the angel has not addressed you. And that takes us right back to the confession of David. What does David say? Oh Lord, why are you, why do you love man? And why are you mindful of man? For we are created a little lower than the angels. David knows the positioning of human beings, that we are less than the angels, less powerful, definitely less durable. They don't eat, they don't sleep. And this is why it was a sin for them to come and lay with women. The angels are not given to lovemaking and to having children. And yet angels can appear as men. So to all those worrying and wondering about, but how did they sleep with a woman? When something appears as a man, he comes with all the man's parts. He comes with a man's body. Samson's parents saw a man in a man's body. They did not know that it was an angel. In fact, angels sat and ate with Abraham. Have you not read the Bible? Jesus Christ appeared with two angels. God himself appeared with two angels and came to Abraham's house. And they were coming to give him the good news that his long period of waiting was over and he would have a baby soon. And Abraham saw men and he thought, People have come to visit me. And it is the culture in those days. When you get a visitor, you have to prepare such a meal for them. Abraham was such a keeper of the customs and the laws of the time. Such an honorable man. He said, Sarah, quickly prepare the sheep, prepare and break, bake the bread and bring it. And they brought it and they sat the food before God himself and two angels. And it didn't say they stared at it and said, for we have no stomachs. We cannot partake. They also did not refuse Abraham's hospitality. They ate, they drank, they spent time with him laughing. So if you do not know these things, you will not know that you don't know these things unless you humble yourself or you will be snared like a fish with a hook in its mouth and taken to destruction. And this is not what God wants for us. The language of deception thrives in a climate where people think they know more than the word of God. The language of deception, the language that we are somehow more than men, those who want to be ascended masters, those who want to be lifted up by these blonde haired aliens that call themselves Pleiad Pleiadians, something like that. These, these blonde ones that come and say, oh, but we will bring you knowledge and we will bring you wisdom. Understand that this is knowledge and wisdom according to the fallen ones. Let us go to one of my favorite scripture. This is the scripture that keeps my feet stapled. 
to the narrow path. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'll read verses 8 to 12. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie and they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So we often think of unrighteousness and we think unrighteousness is sin. Unrighteousness is sin. The primary definition of unrighteousness is not to have faith. And that is taken from the book of Hebrews because the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The primary definition of righteousness is one who apprehends the truth of God's word, accepts it, binds it to his heart, and does not allow it to escape him for anything. This is the walking in the narrow path. But when you depart from the narrow path, even momentarily, I am warning you now for the future. If you are on the narrow path and you even hear people telling you about this new belief, this new trend, this new thing, and you cannot find it backed up in this word, and you think, well, I'll just get with them for a moment and see what they're saying. Understand that the Lord is saying that we are in the times where those who follow unrighteous deception, which you can take the word unrighteous out and replace it with unbelieving, unbelieving, having no faith, faith in anything. No faith in this word that saves. This is the saving word. If you do not know who this is, let me introduce you to Jesus Christ, for he is the living word. All of his person, all of his power is contained in this. And so thank you for being with me. Please like these videos and share them. I give you a thumbs up um, just for being here. And then you can give this video a thumbs up and share it. Um, everything for this channel is below. I am celestial and this is the master's voice. And I'm saying to you in the words of our great and holy God, Matthew 24 and verse four, take heed that no one deceives you. God bless you. And until I see you again, goodbye.